You know what the best friendships are? The best friendships are people who are content with silence between all of us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Real Talk, your one-stop shop for all the latest trailers, movies, and news out of Hollywood. I'm your host, Joseph Kathman. I'm here with the wonderful and charismatic Peter Kosanovich. Hello there. And coming back this week, I know y'all were missing her, the lovely, wonderful, totally fantastic Julie Chapik. Hey, guys. Julie is... Uh, there's a lot going on with Julie right now, but she is moving. She is upending her entire life. So uh, we're we're gonna we're glad that she's able to take some time out and join us for a couple for a little while to talk about uh, Hollywood stuff. Uh, and you know, Peter's just Peter. Peter's just there. Uh, hey, what's up, Peter? Oh, really though. Thanks for that. Hey, you're welcome, man. I got you. Uh, <laughs> I've. Uh, I've uh, had we've been I, I have a buddy over and we've been drinking this afternoon so we're having fun and uh, so I'm having fun I hope y'all are having fun uh, we're gonna do our best to just kind of go through this uh, I'll give you a bit of a unedited real talk pod this week so hope you enjoy it uh, yeah so this week on the pod we are going to talk about. Uh, the latest trailers that came out last week. Uh, we're also going to talk about Dark Phoenix. And then uh, we got some news highlighted by the latest uh, shenanigans from Warner Brothers uh, skipping uh, San Diego Comic-Con, as well as some uh, Star Wars news that we didn't get to last week. So without further ado, uh, we'll talk about the trailers. This week's trailers include... Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, Carnival Row, which and For All Mankind, both of which are uh, trailers for streaming platforms, and then also add Astra, the latest from Brad Pitt, uh, After the Wedding, Lucy, as well as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, if you're not One familiar with, it's pronounced Luce, not Lucy. Oh, L-U-C-E, Luce. I was just gonna say that too. <laughs> Loose. Yeah, so, okay, you know, I'm going to be honest, I've read that as, I was thinking of that ScarJo uh, film from a few years back, uh, where she, like, achieves total human brain power or whatever that wasn't all that great. Uh, It was Lucy, so that's how I read that, so do forgive me. Anyway, the film I'm hyped about from this past week with a new trailer is Ford vs. Ferrari, which is... uh, a definitely an awards vehicle film that's coming out in uh, September or November. November. Uh, it's coming out in November. Uh, stars Matt Damon and Christian Bale and a whole host of other A-list stars. Um, and it's a very Americana story. It's like how does Ford take down Ferrari um, in a in a huge race? And it looks great. The trailer is phenomenal. We use uh, um, uh, what's the song? Give me shelter from the Rolling Stones, which is phenomenal. I love it. I can't wait. Y'all should check out that trailer. Uh, it's 
it's incredible and i'm so hyped for that film uh but yes peter what uh what film or what trailer are you most hyped about from this past week uh i'm gonna go with oof uh th- there there were a lot of good ones like they were all good trailers this week um but i think i'm gonna go with uh carnival row actually it's um it, it's barely a trailer it's like a, a it's like a 25 second teaser actually uh but it's for a new uh amazon uh amazon prime streaming uh series um I think it's nine episodes is going to be the first season. It has Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom. And the script of the pilot was written by Guillermo del Toro. It's like this weird fantasy mystery thriller thing. And it looks weird and interesting. And I'm just going to go with it. It looks looks pretty and cool. So yeah, Carnival Row. Do check that out. And uh, we will be talking about Cara Delevingne in like a few moments here. Or I will be. But uh, yes, Julie, Julie Chapik. Hello, Julie. Welcome back to the pod. <laughs> what uh, what are you most hyped about? The two that really caught my eye were Loose and After the Wedding. Um, I think After the Wedding is the one that I'm more excited about. Um, it just looks like a really good movie. A lot of suspense, a lot of wondering what it's all about. Um, Michelle Williams is, I feel, going to be really good in this movie. Um, I don't know. It just really caught my eye. It's something a little different that I haven't been going to see lately, so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, Yeah, I just can't wait to see that one. Yes, I'll be honest. Uh... I did not watch that trailer yet, but that's the key word because I saw Michelle Williams is in it and I love her and she's wonderful and should be in every film ever made. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, if, I, if I'm correct, After the Wedding is a remake of a, of a Danish film. If I'm correct, I think it's like a remake of a Danish or Swedish film. So it's, so uh, yeah, and I've, I've heard that the original one is, is really good. So I'm based on the cast of this one, I'm hoping it is also good. I'll be completely honest. Uh, I don't have any evidence to dispute you, so I'm going to say you're right. <laughs> That's sweet. sweet. Way to go, Peter. I uh, feel like it's going to be a good one. I hope it's as good as, if it is a remake, I hope it's as good as, you know, the other one. I feel like it's going to be. Like, I can tell it's going to be a good movie. I hope it is. If it isn't, I'm sorry. Not that it's my fault. It's totally your fault, Julie. I like all these films that aren't good. They're one hundred percent your fault. Like, come on, cheese. But I do love, in all seriousness, I love this time of year because we start getting like the the awards contender film trailers and like starts getting me hyped. Now, granted, I went to Cannes, uh, which is like we're already getting the awards season films with Cannes, but like now is the time when like like Ford versus Ferrari is clearly an awards for your consideration film as is uh after the wedding even though i haven't seen it i I know for a fact that's an awards consideration film uh as and i kind of feel like ad astra is too uh though it might i don't know that that one is note how none of us wanted to talk about ad astra and that's not coincidental i more didn't want to talk about the other one um for all mankind all i could think was another movie about the same thing over and over and over i was like i can't i can't do this and then when i started that one i was like really two in a row 
for for me actually like so i i know that i talk about carnival row but like if I, and the most most the the reason i gave a shout out to carnival row is because like it was such a short teaser and it's on a stream platform and it's a fantasy series so no one's gonna no one's gonna know about it but I, I that's the one i was like yeah okay cool let me throw it out there but the other two that had me most interested were um were for all mankind for all mankind which is a, a series that has been created by ronald d moore who created battlestar galactica um and it looks really interesting to me um and then ad astra uh like that was the other one which i thought i thought brad pitt looked very good i would not have thought to cast tommy lee jones as brad pitt's dad but i'm going with it and like it makes perfect sense in my head now but yeah no th that was actually like if i didn't want to give a shout out to the fantasy series like i would i would have gone for one of those two that's interesting because I, I actually did not see the Ad Astra trailer until I went to see Dark Phoenix, which is the film we're going to talk about here in a second, Flawless Transition. And I saw the Ad Astra trailer and I was just like, oh, like another one of these things? Like, come on, guys. Uh, so I wasn't nearly as hyped. It also, like, I mean, spoiler for the trailer. In the trailer, he like, a Brad Pitt just like falls out of space and somehow survives like getting disconnected from the international space station or something. And like, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have some way to explain how he survives, like falling aimlessly through space through like, and being pulled by gravity towards earth and not dying instantly when he starts to enter the atmosphere. But I just like the way they how that was edited and like, and cut out. I was just like, Oh, like, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. Like, are we just going to totally forget any semblance of physical, of, of physics and, like, just whatever. Anyway, I saw that trailer before Dark Phoenix, uh, which is, which should have been the big film that came out this weekend. It turns out it wasn't. We'll get to that later in the uh, box office roundup. But uh, I did see Dark Phoenix. Unfortunately, uh, nobody else here did. Uh, so I will briefly talk about it. Um, and, you know, y'all didn't see it. And to be completely honest, you didn't really need to see it. I I was – so we talked about earlier on the pod in one of the uh, previous episodes. Like I was worried whether Sophie Turner would be able to carry a franchise or not. And after watching this, I was like, oh, you know what? She actually – She's not that bad. She's she's actually pretty good. Um, I don't know if she could carry a franchise by herself, but she's quite wonderful in this film. Um, though she, uh, there's like, I don't know, like an entire act or so of this film where she's just like not there, and we're talking about other other components of the X Men franchise. Um, so we don't have to worry about her all that much. Uh, and she, like the film overall felt largely lifeless, um, just like kind of it existed solely to make Fox uh, more money. Uh, Fox now uh, owned by Disney, uh, who also owns the rest of the Marvel franchise. So like, it's like the last phase right. of the of the Fox behemoth before Disney consumed all of it. <laughs> but it's. Yeah, I mean, like, when it was done, I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Like, it's not, it's better than Apocalypse, uh, but that's really not saying much because Apocalypse is, like, with, with the exception of Fan Four Stick, like, the worst superhero film to come out in the last 
in this decade, really. Um, excluding, of course, excluding Fan Four Stick, which is always a caveat in any superhero discussion. Um, so, yeah, when it was done, I was like, oh, yeah, that was fine. Like, cool. And now this franchise is done. Like, it definitely goes out with a whimper. Uh, the biggest moment of this film, which I'm obviously not going to say, uh, it really felt like it just, like, it happened so quickly. I was just like, oh, wow, we're, we're doing that? Like, okay, all right, that's fine. cool, sweet, all right. Like, that's cool, but, like, it's it's a, it's kind of unexpected, but uh, it's still just it felt like it happened and then we kind of moved on and mentioned it two or three more times and like that was it that was and it's it should have been this tremendous emotional uh, hugely impactful moment in this film but it just kind of feels like it just happens and then we move on and forget that it really did happen um but really when i was talking to my friends about this film the the one thing that the x-men franchise to me had in in the days of first class and days of future past which i think days x-men days of future past is very close to the best superhero film that's not in the dark knight franchise um the best superhero film that we've got in the like in this century um the, the thing that made those two films so interesting was the relationship between charles xavier and eric I'm not going to try it. Magneto and Lencher, Eric Lencher, Eric Lencher, Magneto, um, their relationship. It's so, and, and Magneto's, um, uh, arcs in these films have, have always been fascinating, even though they've become largely synonymous with each other. It feels like every film, he has the same fallen hero arc, but you know, when, when, when you watch 25 Marvel films and it feels like every single Marvel film it, you just have the standard hero's journey told in one way or another. Uh, it's cool to see Magneto have a fallen hero and story arc where he's re- he redeems himself at the end just for the next film for him to have a tragic event and be consumed by vengeance once more. Uh, it's, it's different. Um, but really in this film, it really starts to show we've now seen this same this same arc happened five times and or whatever and like it's when that's the most interesting thing about your franchise and we're seeing it again for the fifth time it's like like give us give us something different i don't know i just it really i mean i watched it i wasn't bored but i wasn't entertained like it's fine and you know i mean if you like the x-men franchise You'll probably like this one. You'll definitely like it more than Apocalypse. So you'll think that this movie is great uh, because it's <laughs> because the last film was so bad. Um, but you know, if you haven't approached the X Men franchise to this point, I mean, there's really nothing here that's gonna that's that's gonna bring you in. So yeah, um, I thought it was gonna be the number one film of this past week uh, at the box office because they were the projections were that it was going to be and it wasn't um uh, the the secret life of pets 2 ended up uh grossing 47 million and x-men dark phoenix grossed like 33 um and that's a long long fall from i think days of future past grossed 
somebody needs to fact check me, but I think it grossed like 90 plus million its first weekend. Um, and there's only been one film between Days of Future Past and uh, and Dark Phoenix. But, I mean, any anybody else able to, to fact check me on that on that Days of Future Past number? It might have even been a... Yeah, it might have even been over a hundred million in its opening weekend. I mean, it was ninety million. Ninety. Ninety point eight million. Thank you, Julie. It's wonderful to have you back. <laughs> yeah, ninety ninety million in its opening weekend, and one bad film uh, separates that and Dark Phoenix, and Dark Phoenix opens to thirty three million. I mean, that's. It's it's been a long fall for this franchise, and there's no doubt in my mind, um, Dark Phoenix definitely gives you closure at the end of the first class X Men franchise. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Disney is going to let this franchise sit uh, until Phase Five or Phase Six, whatever phase Marvel that they uh, they'll integrate that the the X Men franchise into. Um, but it's definitely going to sit for five or six years. Um, so, yeah. Other than that, uh, none of us saw Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, I could just... Re- now I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, it wasn't even close. I mean, people were thinking going into this weekend, the analysts were all like, yeah, the, these two films will be going neck and neck. They'll be competing definitely. It'll be close. See which film is the number one at the box office, and it's like Secret Life of Pets two makes forty seven million, and uh, Dark Phoenix makes thirty three. It's like it's not even close. Way to go, guys! Um, I'll just remind you all again that I went to Cannes like three weeks ago and got to see some incredible films that you need to keep your eyes out for, uh, including The Lighthouse, which is an A twenty four production. Uh, from uh, Roger uh, e- Ed Egger, yeah, Roger Egger. There we go. Uh, or Robert Egger. There we go. That's the name. Uh, formerly the director of The Vich. Uh, now this is his his follow up to his directorial debut, which is The Vich, and it's phenomenal. You definitely need to watch it. it stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and it's it, it's an incredible piece of filmmaking. Um, but it has it, it does not have a release date yet. Just I'm just going to keep harping on it and keep reminding you that you need to see it because it's incredible. Uh, as is Bong Joon Ho's Parasite, uh, but that film is also incredible. That film, as we mentioned last week, does have a, re- a, re- a release date of November like 9th ish uh, from Neon. So keep an eye out for that come November. Um, uh, I think it's November 6th. Uh, or November 13th, one of those two dates. But either way, it's November. Check it out. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, Peter, do you want to remind everyone how wonderful Chernobyl is and how everyone should watch that on HBO? Yeah, I can do that real quick. Um, yes, yeah, so if you if if you didn't ever if you have not seen Chernobyl yet, um, the finale aired last week. Uh, it is it it, it is it is incredible. This is it it is the highest rated. TV series on IMDb, um, and for good reason. This this the series is a masterclass from start to finish. The acting, the cinematography, 
the costume design, the script, uh, screenplays, it's the, the directing, it's it's just breathtaking and horrifying and like just beautifully haunting all at the same time start to finish. It just it, it doesn't let up. You're engrossed from the from from the first moment. Um it's incredible and it needs to be it, it needs to be taught in in schools um because it's just like taught in schools like i hope hbo develops some sort of deal with with public school systems to actually show this because it's it's it, it's it, it, it it's a story of hubris and like uh like hubris and and, and deceit and lying and um like how how the soviet government tried to cover up this accident and like they just refuse to like admit or like find fault in themselves and it's 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 insane um what goes on in in this story it's yeah no it go go watch chernobyl i will continue to talk about it for years this series was incredible I was hoping to watch it this past week. I didn't get the chance because of life, and I'm hoping that I'll get to watch it. Hopefully this week, because yeah, I keep hearing I keep hearing that people keep saying that like this needs to be taught in schools. So that makes it me that makes really me even does. more hyped. Like I can't wait. Um, also, it's only five episodes, so it's not that long to get through. Yeah, yeah, you have no excuse, people. The internet, you have no excuse. Uh, what I do have an excuse for though is, and this is a complete side note. Uh, I ordered a beer from Ryan Geist called Table Beer, thinking that it was going to be like a really light and easy to drink beer that I was going to drink while we were recording this, and uh, it's uh, really sour. Uh, so I'm really struggling through this beer, guys. Please sympathize with my problem. Uh, anyway, moving right along, uh, we'll talk about uh, in the news here this past week, uh, Warner Brothers skipped co- uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, after revealing the new Wonder Woman 1984 poster, uh, which is great. It's a wonderful poster uh, that's made the rounds on the internet, uh, and you should, search, you should search it if you haven't already. But, uh, yeah, Peter, you wrote this one down. You want to talk about it a little more? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, so uh, director Patty Jenkins and uh, Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gal Gadot um, tweeted out the the new poster. Um, I, I want to say it was Thursday. I can't remember exactly which day, but they tweeted out earlier in the week, and they tweeted out like, "Yeah, okay, sweet. Here, look at this poster." Um, but when they tweeted out, they confirmed that uh, Warner Brothers was in fact skipping Hall H this year from San Diego Comic Con, and Hall H is like the big auditorium that like that's where like like all the new Star Wars stuff shows, and all the Marvel stuff shows, and the DC stuff shows, and like it's 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 the big one that like like you're 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 booking hall h if you have some big show or some cool to do or you're like a big you're you're like a big deal um and uh marvel and disney uh skipped it last year um which allowed dc to come in warner brothers to come in and just like own the entire hall and just like like they they uh quote unquote won uh comic-con last year um but this year they're they're skipping it entirely um there that doesn't mean that Warner Brothers is skipping Comic Con entirely. Um, they're just they're not bringing anything huge and major to Hall H. Um, they will be doing an it panel in one of the smaller halls, um, and a couple other things in, in smaller halls. 
but they're skipping Hall H. They they're not bringing any major thing. They're not doing any of the DC like the major DC properties. Um, even though Wonder Woman comes out next year, um, so it's like it's it, it's an interesting thing that they're just skipping it. I I, I don't entirely know why. Um, they might be trying to do what Disney has, um, which Disney has their own um, con that they've essentially done. It's called D twenty three, and that's where they basically release all of their new um, like trailers and things for all of their like Disney animated things or um, their Marvel things or their Star Wars things. And so that's in August every year now, which is a month after uh, Comic Con. Um, so it makes me think that Warner Brothers might be trying to do that as well, um, kind of have their own con eventually. Uh, but yeah, no, they're skipping Hall H. They're not doing the big stuff. They'll, they'll still be there just in a smaller capacity for like it or some of their other uh, projects in, in the smaller halls, but they're skipping the big one. So that's interesting. Yeah. And they definitely have, uh, Warner Brothers. We've, we've been talking about this over the course of the last week. I feel like Warner Brothers, like they have a ton of con- content supposedly upcoming that would be perfect for comic-con but like they seem lost uh right at the moment and one of those uh examples where they seem lost would be with swamp thing which was canceled after one episode uh less than a week after premiere and there's a um peter correct me if i'm wrong there's there's a there's a petition to try and save swamp thing right despite yeah yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There's. There's. Yeah. The, the the hashtag Save Swamp thing was trending on Twitter earlier in the week. Yeah, and it, from what I understand, it was the first episode was critically acclaimed, but apparently there was a mix up with the paperwork. Uh, this seems bizarre to me. Yeah. Uh, the series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They, they were they were filming. I want to say they were filming in North Carolina or maybe Louisiana. They they were filming in one of the southern states, and they they had a, the the state offers a tax credit if you come and film there. And someone filled out the paperwork wrong. And so instead of receiving a 40 million, like four zero million uh, dollar tax credit, they only got a 14, one four million dollar tax credit. And like, yeah, it's still like millions of dollars. Like, oh no, it's so much money. But like, that's a big difference. Like 40 to 14 million. Like, yeah. So like all the, so, so they'd planned for 13 episodes. They had scripts for 13 episodes. And then uh, I think we, I, I, I want to say maybe on like our first episode or something, we, we, we mentioned that they had halted production um, for Swamp Thing. Uh, they'd halted it and they were rewriting the final episode and it was going to be, um, they, they're, they're cutting the episodes from 13 to 10. Um, and that probably has to do at least in part with, um, with, with, with this cost or this, this disparity in money. Um, I've also heard that kind of behind the scenes, there were some like creative, like, like butting heads between like, uh, either some of the creatives or, or some of the, the higher ups, like the executives at Warner Brothers. I don't really know anything about that, but like, so it was cut from 13 episodes to 10 episodes. And then when it finally dropped, it like got great reviews, but then they canceled it. And now we have this information about the money being mixed up and I don't know. Um, I, 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 I can't say I'm overly surprised with this because I mean it was this the series was leaning way more into horror than I think some of the executives were were banking on, but still like it it was a critically very well received episode. If you've seen pictures of that costume for Swamp Thing, like which you should go check out, it like it looks incredible. It's just it's it's weird that that they cancel it after one episode. I mean, part of me gets it. Part of me wishes they'd just waited until the ten episodes were up to cancel it, but I don't even know. 
Yeah, that's that's a really wild story. And yeah, I mean, the difference between forty and fourteen million is a lot. Somebody somebody done goofed over there, <laughs> really, really, really messed up. Um, also, shout out to my dog that you can hear in the background. He's playing with the uh, with my guest, so I'm not even gonna try and pretend like that's not happening. Uh, anyway. We're, also, DC has another uh, uh, New Gods. Uh, Ava DuVernay's New Gods is upcoming. That's um, another co- piece of content that could could be announced at San Diego at San Diego Comic Con, or give us more info about. Um, they ju- did just get uh, a new co-writer, uh, Tom King, uh, who's the uh, current writer for the Batman comic books. Um, so that's a bit of news that came out this past week. Uh, Ava DuVernay, fresh off of the success of When They See Us, uh, which uh, Linda Fairstein is not happy about, the, uh, the prosecutor for the, uh, in the Central Park Five case. Um, Ooh, your segues are so good today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I'm just, I'm just converging. Sour beer. Yeah, it's it's a sour beer. I want I want I'm trying to get these segues to be flawless so that uh, I can I can dump this out and get I mean, like, a better beer. Genuinely doing a really good job. Like I was like, okay, cool. He's moving from one thing to the next. I'm like, oh, oh snap! You went to that one. Oh, oh, good job. <laughs> they all just mesh together, man. What can, what can I say? Actually, the more the more that I drink this beer, the uh, better that it is, which is kind of scary. Uh, it might mean that. Uh, I've reached the point with with my with my drinking day where just all beer tastes like beer, even the ones that are so sour that usually I can't drink them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. We're we're just we're just plowing through this. So yeah, uh, Linda Fairstein. Uh, it turns out she uh, wouldn't consult on the uh, Netflix the the hit Netflix show uh, if the producers spoke to the accused men. Which uh, doesn't really make any sense that a film about the Central Park Five would not talk about or would not consult the Central Park Five. Uh, I'm no expert at this sort of thing, but uh, they seem like important people to consult. So it seems kind of ridiculous to say that you will not talk about uh, or will not provide your opinion or your take on a situation if the Central Park Five doesn't talk about the events of the Central Park Five. But that's just me. Uh, if anybody has a differing opinion, feel free to jump in. Otherwise, I'm going to find a flawless segue right here. Uh, the other news, the, the segues don't work we as well. Almost <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, come on. We've got, we've got rise of Skywalker news and Quentin Tarantino. Like there's, there's really no flawless segue there. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. So, okay let, let me, let me try for one. Okay. Go so. for it. So when they see us is set uh, like in the, like 1989, 1990. Okay, so another another like kind of throwback to that time period would be the wonderful, excellent Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and we have new casting news for <laughs> Bill and Ted Three. Nailed it. Second sequel to the original cult classic. There we go. We have cult. Ca- we have we've casting for the third movie. Awesome, dude. Let's be excellent to each other. Wow. <laughs> yes. Bill and Ted 3. Uh, casting news. Uh, Bridget Lundy, Payne, and Samara Weaving cast as the daughters of the titular rockers, Bill and Ted. Wow, dude. Can, can we just... 
can can uh Keanu Reeves just be uh John Wick though in Bill and Ted? Can he just can he just em- embody John Wick? I want that. Like I want I want Keanu Reeves to just be John Wick in every film that he's in. Like <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> I just want that. I I, I, want, I want Keanu Reeves to forever be uh either either uh either his character from Bill and Ted or uh, Duke Kaboom from from Toy Story 4. <laughs> I love Duke. It's it's already see this is how good that perfor- that that character is. It's already iconic and the film hasn't even come out yet. That's when you and know that, you have something great. It's just such inspired casting. <laughs> it really is though. Like you're completely right. You are completely right. Um Yes. So, okay, we've got one last bit of news to talk about, and it's Star Wars. And you know what, Peter? We're 33 minutes in. Like I, I, I'm, and and I've got alcohol in me. Like I'm feeling like it's time. I'm feeling like we should talk about yeah. Star Wars. What there, do you think? Was, I, I don't know about that. I thought we were going to do a full I, with that. There, I haven't had enough to drink. Aka, <laughs> I haven't had anything to drink, and you're way ahead of us. I think we should wait. Yeah, same. I agree. Uh, there, there was also the one other story um, with uh, Winston Duke and Zazie Beetz. Um, are oh yes, signed on. Yeah. Go, go for it, Peter. Go for it. Talk okay, about cool. it. Cool. So uh, Winston Duke, um, who was in Black Panther, he was uh, oh crap, he was a uh, uh, I can't remember his character's name right now, uh, but uh, he was uh, oh he was also in Us um, from from Dr. Jordan Peele. Um, and then Zazie Beetz, um, who is in Atlanta with um, with uh, Donald Glover, and she's in uh, she was in uh, Deadpool too. Um, and well. Wounds, don't forget Wounds, greatest pop, uh, greatest cult film that you haven't seen yet. Go ahead, continue. Anyway, so Winston Duke and Zazie Beetz um, uh, are going to star in a new sci-fi thriller called Nine Days from director Edson Oda. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be kind of like us level, um, the film us level creepy or scary. So it's it's supposed to be like a like science fiction, but like also leaning into like creepiness factor. Uh, and these the uh, Edson Oda, the director, is um, he's also the, the the writer for it. He wrote the screenplay, and uh, he developed the screenplay while he was um, uh, part of the Sundance Institute. So he. Uh, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool story there. He got to work on it there while while like working on indie stuff. So I, I, if I'm correct, this is his first feature film that he'll be doing. So that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that is a worthwhile bit of news. I'm glad uh, you reminded me of it. Uh, also, for the record, Winston Duke is Mbaku in Black Panther. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I got you. I got you, bro. IMDb is a great thing. Uh, but yes, then the bit of Star Wars news is. Uh, that the uh, apparently they well okay so the uh, Vanity Fair dropped the first big piece on the rise of Star of Skywalker uh, the first big uh, insight into the film as told by J.J. Abrams and the cast and all of them and apparently uh, they dropped a little bit of info that. Uh, the ending for The Rise of Skywalker was planned from the beginning of the franchise. So even though Peter and I disagree wildly about the first two... Beginning of the new trilogy. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. The beginning of the new trilogy. Um, So even though it feels like 
The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens, uh, which, by the way, might I add that The Last Jedi is the greatest sci-fi film ever made. Uh, they are wildly different. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just poking. This, this will be a later episode. I'm just, full later episode. <laughs> I'm just poking the bear, man. I'm just poking the bear. That's all I'm doing at this point. Some men want to watch the world burn. <laughs> but, You're one of them. Yes, I'm one of them. Uh, yeah, even though those two films do are they're wildly different in feel and story and basically everything. Uh, apparently, the ending of the Rise of Skywalker was planned from day one and was always consistent through both of the last two films um so that's that's an interesting little bit a little new bit of information um i do recommend checking out the vanity fair piece on the star wars films on the new star wars film i should say uh it's great um and it's definitely very uh informative about a, a film that we haven't really seen any other information yet um other than a, a single trailer, uh, which really this new the the first trailer doesn't really even constitute a trailer because it's mostly spends its time on like one sequence, which is an admittedly good sequence, but it doesn't tell you anything about the film, um, which is intentional. But still, um, yeah. Anybody else have any like uh, anything that they want to share? Question mark. I mean. Uh, like we said, we'll, we'll, like at, at a later time, we do plan on doing a full episode more on. Uh, I, I don't know Julie's like specific thoughts and feelings on on the Last Jedi, but we will do like a deeper thing at some point um, for like at least Joe's and my very different opinions on that film. Um, but like, I, I found this this news like kind of like okay, I believe part of it, and I don't believe part of it because like sure, I believe that like specific like events or like specific bits of a character arc were planned out from the beginning. But I do not believe that they had a full trilogy mapped out. Um, because if that were the case, then I do not believe that The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi would have felt so, so drastically different. Like not just like, oh cool, like they were like directed by different people. No, like they they feel like they feel like they have no relation at all, except that they have the same characters. To me, at least. Again, we'll have a later episode on this, like discussing all this uh, like later um, and, and how we disagree on that. So I, I will, based on this article, I will say, yeah, I agree that like certain character trajectories and character arcs were planned from the beginning. I do not agree that the entire trilogy had a blueprint planned out for it because I, I just, I, it's, I just, I, I, I that is not possible for my brain to believe based on how different The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi were. Like, like, like or hate either of the movies, you at least have to admit, they do not go well together. And that, that's all I'll say on it for now. Audience, I tried. I really, I really tried. I really tried to poke the bear, uh, but the bear will not wake up this episode. Uh, but... I feel like I'm just going to be like the mediator between the two of you, and I'll just be like, okay, guys. Be nice to each other. Remember, we're friends. <laughs> that, that might be what's needed. <laughs> well, no. All right, Julie. I, I want to put you on the spot here for a second. I, I want a 30,000-foot perspective from you because I haven't asked you. I'm curious. 
what your thoughts on The Last Jedi are. Do you, do you think that it's the best film in the Star Wars franchise, or do you think it's out of trash? Like just, and Joe and I will, will refrain from like... Yeah, we'll stay silent. We'll, I just want to hear your opinion. I don't know which side, who sits on what side. This makes me nervous because I feel like I'm picking sides and I don't know what side I'm picking. That makes it better. No, it doesn't because then I'll have to... I'm going to see you tomorrow, so if I pick the wrong side, I'm going to hear you. <laughs> yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hard time, but yes. Do tell. I thought it was a good movie. I don't know if I can say that it was the best, but I thought it was good. Okay, that, that seems like a middle-of-the-road approach. It is, because I'm trying to stay... I that, have to be the mediator. That, that's, that's what we call a... That's what we call a compromise, where nobody's happy. Uh, because you just, uh, you just made both of us shake our heads. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait until we get to the episode. I think it has to be like a bonus episode, so we'll have to do it on like a Wednesday where we just do that and that's it. I'm cool with that. My I thoughts that are let's fun. do it around uh, around D23 because they'll probably release some new Star Wars thing around then anyway, so that'll be in August. Okay. I'm all for I like it. that idea. Cool. So you can look forward to it in August, guys. There we go. Made decisions. Now I just have to decide whose side I'm going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a month and a half to do it. Do it. I have to find out whose side is whose side, though, and then we'll go from there. It's not that hard to find out. Peter, you're wrong. <laughs> That's all I'll say right now. Peter, you're just wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So... Um, that's Yeah, that's about all we got this week. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and end it right now. Uh, because we wanted to end it kind of early, and we're already at 42 minutes, or 40-ish minutes, I should say. Um, so, yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, appreciate you all being here. Uh, we will see you all next week uh, again. Everyone, thank you for taking the time. Julie, especially, thank you for taking the time this week to join us. Of course. Yes, she's only uh, moving her entire life uh right now so uh yeah we appreciate her taking the time peter yeah i mean it's kind of cool that you're here i guess you know it's like it's yeah, just yeah <laughs> i All feel right. like he'll appreciate you once you decide that you can't come on weekend i feel bad for peter i feel like i got this like huge welcome back and joe's like yay peter's here yay i'm used to it i appreciate you peter <laughs> oh thank you Joe, no one appreciates you. Oh, oh, that, I mean, we didn't even talk about Star Wars, man. Like, come on, jeez. No, no, we appreciate you. You're the, you're the host. You're yes. the brains. We appreciate yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm not here, we just don't have an episode. So, you know, I guess I'm kind of important, so. <laughs> all right. And there goes his head. Yeah, it's, it's all nice and big. Uh, yeah, so um, thank you all for coming. Thank you for joining. I hope you all appreciated this wacky, zany episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace out.